It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. Uh, my name is Laura Pereno, and I am with Debbie Kiever today. And we are really excited for this month of August in the hottest season of the year, in the hottest month of that season. God is bringing us back to the beginning, back to the basics. And so we are excited to be looking at different aspects of going back to the basics this month in August. And our first episode in August, wow, we just had a great time talking with our friend Darlene Simmons about what she walked through and how God brought her back to a place where she would choose life even in the middle of her challenging circumstances. And so that really was a huge blessing to us. Last week, we looked at Moses in a Bible study fashion and looked at the fact that God calls us back to the beginning of our call, right? Sometimes we kind of wander away from the place that God has purposed for us, but praise God, he's faithful. He knows where we are and he always brings us back. Well, I'm excited today because we love talking about the word of God. Many times we refer to the word of God as our treasure. And uh, if you know my story, after experiencing the robbery that we went through, I have a whole different perspective on the word treasure. Uh, there's something about earthly treasure that can be rusted, destroyed, or stolen. But there is something about the treasure of God's word that nothing can take away from us, right? We have it. We've been given it. Uh, and we get to have this alive, active treasure in our word, in our lives. And actually, the more we know it, the more we love it. And it's just a treasure that actually becomes more and more precious every day. I think that one of the phrases that kind of is my catchphrase for this Bible study that we're going to be talking about today as we look at King Josiah um, is that finding treasure changes everything, everything, Deb. You know, before we jump into King Josiah, let's look in the New Testament in Romans 15.4. Let's start off there. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Laura, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, all of it is a treasure. All of it is appropriate applicable, relevant for yep. our lives today. I've heard people say, you know, the New Testament is really where you should sit as a believer. The Old Testament is more history and boy, there could, that couldn't be more from the truth, right? It's all the whole word of God is, is a treasure from him. And as we're going to see, as we jump into King Josiah today, there is uh, a sign, a profound challenging word, um, in his life and in what takes place with the word of God for him personally, that, you know, here we are in 2021. We can't say that does not apply to us That's today. Right. That's right. Absolutely. The word of God is, is relevant for every season that we're in, every situation. And so today, as we look at King Josiah, you know, I, I love every podcast. I really do. I love interviewing and, and talking to friends. And I love it when we study God's word and just dig in and see um, what God wants to speak to us today. So we are going to look at King Josiah. His story is in 2 Kings 22. Uh, if you want to read the whole thing through sometime, uh, we're just going to talk about it, maybe read a, a bit of his story. But if you want to uh, check out a pretty amazing story from beginning to end, check out 2 Kings 22. Josiah was a king who was, you know, we would call a good king. Many of the kings who uh, ruled Israel 
and Judah in these different seasons of Israel's history. Um, they just chose to go away from the Lord. And so many times you'll read such and such a king did not follow the ways of the Lord. Well, Josiah is one of those that we will find out. He did follow the ways of the Lord. He became king at eight years old. And of course, I just find that shocking because it's just so young to think about taking on that responsibility and ruling a nation. So at a very young age, he became king. And he chose, even at a very young age, this speaks pretty loudly, that he would follow the ways of the Lord. Well, he was eight years old. Picture a an elementary school kid. An elementary school boy who really doesn't know how to take his shoes up the steps is now in charge of a country. Right, exactly. I mean, that, that's scary. Exactly. <laughs> that's scary right there. I don't know that I would have fully had confidence in my eight-year-old son's <laughs> taking care of a guinea pig, you know, let, that's alone, right. <laughs> let alone a nation. Right. But, you know, you said um, he learned at an early age what not to do. Yes. His father was a king who didn't have a very long uh, reign. He actually was killed uh, early, very, very soon after he became king. And it was very clear that the way he was ruling was not in a way um, that Josiah wanted to replicate. Mm -hmm. He did it. He said, you know, it didn't go well for my dad. Let's look at what my dad did and let's not repeat those behaviors. Exactly. So we're not going to read all of chapter 22 in Second Kings, but I'm going to start in uh, verse 1 and just highlight, pull a couple facts out of here. Um, there's a lot of long, long names, a lot of details. And so <laughs> for the sake of our listeners, um, let's go ahead and just hit some key points. You did say he was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned until he was 31 years old, which really isn't that young. Or it doesn't that old. I no, mean, really. Now it seems very young, doesn't it, Laura? It really, yes, it, it really does. Very, very young. He was <laughs> a baby. True. This is true. But it says in uh, verse two that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father, David, not his father that was killed early on, who was not a good king, but he was followed completely the ways of his father, David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. So he already had made a choice. I need to do this differently than my own dad. But it says in that when he was in his 18th year of his reign, he said, you know what, we need to go back and we need to restore the temple. The temple had really been desecrated. It was just in shambles at this point. And he said, we need to go back and rebuild and restore the temple of God. And so, you know, here they are. He sends his um, high, he sends his high priest and he sends the people who are going to do some work and investigate, see what's going on up there at the temple. And in verse eight, the high priest has a discovery. He finds the book of the law in the temple of the Lord and he hands it to uh, one of his servants who read it. And then they read it to the king and the challenge you know, here's King Josiah, who is, his heart is to restore the temple. He had no idea what uh, significance uh, would happen when he would hear the word read to him. It says in verse 11, when the king heard the words of the book of the law, here was his reaction, Laura. He tore his robes. Mm -mm. Well, you know what? It's just amazing. And honestly, just when you when you talk about this or I read it in the word and it says, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. I just feel this overwhelming sense of this is a major moment. And I can almost 
imagine uh, why Josiah would tear his robes because of where they were as a nation and the significance of what had just been found. It's huge. I mean, they didn't have to just, they weren't just going to clean up the temple. God was on a greater mission to clean up his people. Yes. You know, that's a, you have a church building, you have a, you know, the temple was a building, but it was the place that, that God was meeting with his people and his people had become very polluted. And so God was going to restore the community of worship. They brought back their Sabbath days, their sacrifices, their, the different holy days that they, that God had told them to celebrate, to honor, to keep set apart. I mean, all of this in the very temple of God, they were missing the presence of God. And so yep. when they when they start to restore the temple and they find out, wow, we need to be restored as a people, that really was the treasure that would unfold to reestablish this kingdom the way it was supposed, was meant to be. Yeah, and it blows my mind, honestly. Josiah did not say, let's go restore the temple because um, I really need to find the word of God, right? right. I really need to find the, the book of the law. It had been 60 years, Debbie, since anybody had seen the book of the law, like the word of God. Can you even imagine? We are not 60 yet. We're getting close, but we're not there. Can you imagine for as long, longer than we have been alive, that the word of God was missing from the people of God, right? And he didn't go to the temple saying, maybe I'll be the one to find the word of God. He just knew what God had told him to do as a God follower. And he wanted to follow what God told him to do. He knew his call was to restore the temple. And so he went wholeheartedly restoring the temple. And when he did... Wow, the treasure that he found just from doing what God had called him to do on the other side was pretty ginormous. That just goes to show that you can get so used to living a certain way that you're not even realizing how off base mm. you are. Yep. You know, he just, he knew the temple was there and he wasn't even thinking to look for the yes. law. Yes, yes. Because he, in his whole lifetime, he hadn't really experienced the law in front of him. So this was a shock for him. And we can go, well, how can you lose the book of the law? How, how exactly does that happen? Well, I don't know about you. It's 2021. And I think there's a lot of relevance for that today, whether you're in the yes. church or out of the church. How many churches have lost the book of the law, right? Yes. They've lost the yes. Bible yes. within their own churches right now these days. Think about what God said to Moses. Let's go back to the beginning. Where did God say to keep this book of the law? In Deuteronomy 31, 26, he said, Take this book of the law, place it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the mm. Lord your God. There it will remain as a witness against you. Well, where was the Ark of the Covenant? It was right there mm. in the Holy of Holies area. You know, it's just right there in the center of everything. That's where it's supposed to stay, right next to the Ark. In the center where you go and you worship, it's in that holy place. You're not misplacing it. You know exactly where it is. Yep. Amen. Isn't that crazy though? I mean, when you say that the book of the law is supposed to stay in the center, right? 
the book of the law must no longer have been in the center. You know, it had been removed so far that eventually it was lost. It can't be us. How crazy is it that we would say even, how can the book of the law leave the center? Like if God said, keep it at the center, how in the world does the book of the law leave the center? If we look at Israel's journey, you know, through all of these different seasons of kings. And honestly, it's just true of, of their them as a people and true of us as a people. It is easy to bring in something else and put it in the center. Oh my goodness. You, you know, yeah. it's, it's almost like the people didn't come in and pick up the book of the law of the Lord and say, you're no longer going to be in the center. I'm going to put you over to the side. It's just that they started bringing in other things, valuing other things, uh, putting importance on other things, putting significance on other things. And when we do that in our hearts and when they did that in the temple, when they started to worship false gods in the temple, the book of the law just started to get kicked aside pushed aside. And so through years and years, as they brought in so many things against the presence of the Lord, the book that had been situated in the Holy of Holies stopped being seen as the treasure that it was. And earthly treasures and false idols started to take its place. It was pushed aside. It wasn't valued anymore. And this is where we have to be so careful in our own lives because the treasure, the book of the law, was pushed aside and not valued, but it never left the temple. That it never so left huge. the temple. It is. It is. It's like God protected the treasure. But here they were looking for it, and it was right in the very place where they had left it. You know, I think of our lives, right? Jesus is a treasure who lives within us. But we, as we start to get busy, as we start to get distracted, as we start to value other things or other people, high, putting them in a higher priority than our relationship with him. That's where the difference comes between Jesus is your savior and Jesus is your Lord. You know, Lord means that he's the center. Everything gets filtered through him. You know, as you make decisions, yep. as you manage your relationships, how you use your time, it, he, it, everything goes through, God, is this what you want me to be doing? But when we get things cluttered up, Yep. It doesn't mean he's left us. He's he's yep. still he's still in our temple. He's in us, but he's no longer sitting in that place of the throne of our heart, uh, where where we, everything revolves around him, and we lose our balance when that happens. Yep. We start making impulsive bad decisions, and our heart starts to get cold towards the things of God to the point that you're not even thinking about well, what would God want me to do in this circumstance? You know, and that's what yep. happened to Israel. The very, the very law that they had, like, just worked so hard meticulously to follow all these different, you know, boundaries God had set in place. They were kind of like, what boundaries? You know, they're just, mm. and every generation that, that moved further from the truth got a lot sloppier. And, mm. and they kept going in exile. It's like, yes. why does everything start falling apart? It's because we've lost that place of the word being in the center of our yep. lives. Same for us today. When yep. we start feeling like everything is out of control. Yeah. Some of going back to the beginning is where is, where is the Lord in your life? Is he pushed underneath your other priorities or is he in the center where everything gets filtered through him? And that's the word of God in our lives. That needs to be the centerpiece um, that, that all of our decisions, all of our life gets filtered 
brought bef like before the king. Absolutely. You know, that's interesting. Like the word was brought to the king and history says uh, that the word that was brought was most likely the book of Deuteronomy. If you've read the book of Deuteronomy, you know, it's the history of like a recap of the history of the children of Israel's journey through the wilderness. And there is an amazing, amazing uh, passage in the book of Deuteronomy that talks about if you will obey, there will be certain blessings, but if you choose to disobey, there will be certain curses. And I can't help but wonder, you know, in that book of Deuteronomy, if that is indeed what the king read, can you imagine um, Josiah hearing this and hearing that it was prophesied all those years ago, like this is the way it goes. If you don't follow God, you are going to end up here. And he's looking around and he's like, we are there. <laughs> we are living the truth of the word of God that I'm reading today that has been restored. You know, jo Josiah had started the repair uh, of God's house six years uh, prior to this, but it wasn't until this specific day that the word was found. It wasn't like one day, which is shocking too, Debbie. It wasn't like one day he just said, let's fix the temple. And then boom, there's the word of the Lord. You know, Josiah had actually actively been working on this for six years before the word of the Lord was found. Josiah in that season, Jeremiah, and this is where you see all of the Old Testament people, you know, who lived at the same time. Jeremiah was the prophet in that time. And Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet because he knew what was to come. And so in chapters uh, one to three, it's a picture of what Judah was at that time. It was a dark time. It was totally wicked. It was destruction was coming. Here, Josiah is living in this time where they are living in this prophesied destruction. They were living in the darkest day, right? All of this bad stuff was going on. And yet it was in that very, very dark day when the book of the law was rediscovered. Why was it rediscovered? Because one man decided in the middle of the darkness that he would do what God called him to do and rebuild the temple where God's presence would dwell in the middle of the deepest wickedness, right? A, the book was found by one man who made a choice to follow God. And that brought about restor restoration of God's dwelling place and the very thing, the finding of the word that God would use to restore the souls and the hearts of his people. You know, his word was always there. It was always within the walls of the house of the Lord. And they just got their priorities off track. Yep. They, you know, they valued other things or treasures shifted to something else. They had stopped um, being faithful to dive into his presence and in those different ceremonies of worship and those holy days that God always instilled. Remember, remember what I've done in the past. That's what those holy days were about. And they just missed the treasure that was really right there. But they... It, he never left, the word of the Lord never left the house. Mm. You know, there were enemies that came in. They stole gold and they stole, stole silver. And who knows if they saw those, you know, the scrolls or not. But if they did, they didn't take them. Yeah, they didn't right. see any value in it. Right. It's like, the, and actually you, you may thought they stole the treasures, but the real treasure was left behind. Nobody, no man can steal the word of God out of That's someone's right. life. And, you know, I, I think of... Um, parents that have poured biblical truth into the lives of their younger children. And there there's often periods of time in their, their kids' lives where they are off track. You know, their priorities mm -hmm. have shifted and you, you kind of ask yourself, like, did I waste my time? 
you know, is the word of God still in within mm-hmm. the, the heart of that child? And the, the word of God never comes back void. That's you right. know, it's Amen. still a seed. It's still alive. And it's still it's just a matter of the timing when that when that kid starts to turn back to the Lord, the, the God will bring those scriptures yep. back up those because it never leaves. It's still That's right. It, it's still there. <laughs> That's right. And, and at the time when you're running, right, when you're in that prodigal season, you're not valuing that treasure. It's yep. just hidden, buried down underneath. And I remember praying for my kids, Laura, when, when they were in that questioning, you know, season of their lives, God just kept saying, bless the seed, mm-hmm. just bless the seed. It's mm-hmm. in there. Just bless it. Mm-hmm. And when you're blessing the seed in your, your children's lives or somebody else that you care about, the prodigals that you're praying for, you don't see, you know, seeds start to grow way below the surface before mm-hmm. they burst through the top. And and here was Josiah six years, yep. you know, before things started That's to really, right. like be evident that there was That's something right. coming. But in those six years when Jeremiah is weeping, you know, God is seeing, God That's is right. seeing what is coming. So if, if you're still praying for a prodigal, like the word is still there, the, the truth that you spoke, you know, whether it was from you or from your church family, Bless the seed. The treasure does not leave that kid, you know, or that person. And so, you know, they may, the kids may say, well, that's long gone. It was a waste of time. You see it as that, that scroll, right? You see it as that treasure. It will come back to life as you continue to bless it. Yep, absolutely. And I think the fact that it, the treasure never leaves, which is awesome. It also does not go dormant right you know i love the fact that even though the the word of the lord was you know hidden under who knows what in that temple um it was still alive and powerful you know it was it was sitting actively waiting for a moment when the priest would appear and say i have found the word of the lord uh god's word does not sit dormant on our shelves either Uh, It's not like it just comes to life when we pick it up or we open it. It's always alive. If it's on our phone, it's always alive on our phone. We go to see what he has to say. He's already speaking, right? The word does not stop speaking because we stop listening. I want to keep my Bible open all the time because I don't want to miss one word that he has for me in it. And really, it was the people of God themselves who had been uh, careless, who were pushing the real treasure aside. But it did not in any way, shape, or form remove the power from the treasure. The power, the treasure never went dormant. I think the challenge is if we if we had kept the word where it was supposed to be, right? If if the Israelites had kept the word next to the Ark of the Covenant, then they would have seen it. They would have been reminded regularly. Their desire for the word, um, their dependence upon it, would have made it would have been steadfast. It wouldn't have gotten lost in mm-hmm. all those years. And well, the history books would look very different, right? Mm-hmm. If if Israel, king after king, had been faithful to keep the word in a prominent position. So when I think of our lives today, you know, the word of God is not just your your paperback Bible. It's your app. It's, you know, all the yeah. different ways to have the word. Where is it positioned in your temple, in your life? You know, do you have it in a place of prominence? And and I'm not talking about the coffee table book where everybody can see it. it what you treasure, what you invest in, um, is the what you think is most important. So are you keeping the word of God in a prominent place in your calendar? 
You know, is your time with the Lord, uh, studying the word, is it, is it a priority or is it like if I get time, if I'm still Mm -hmm. awake at the end of the day, you know, or is it, I'll just open an app and read one verse and Mm -hmm. shut it off. And cause I got to get to Instagram. Yep. You know what I mean? It's, it's where are we, where are we placing it in this importance in our own lives? You know what happens, Laura, when you, uh, when you find yourself, you've drifted a little bit away from the word and you get back, right? You start getting back into studying the word and, and chewing on it throughout the day. You know, I don't walk around with my nose in my Bible all day, but it says that, you know, when we hide your word in our heart, we find ourselves not sinning (laughs) like we would normally, if we weren't thinking about it, you get joy. Yep. Joy comes back and the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and you find yourself walking taller your your thinking is clear your uh, joy is in your uh, not in your circumstances but it's coming from deep within because god is rebalancing you re like directing your um uh, just your choices the way you go through your day and life starts uh, working smoother it doesn't mean you don't have bumps in the road but you yep. are operating in a much stronger position yep amen well god was restoring his people right he was restoring their joy and he was bringing them back and discovering the word was a huge part there's this amazing concept about restoration and and we all know what restoration is right we see it on hgtv it's when people take something that's old and they restore it back to their original condition but one of the beautiful things about god is that when he is restoring he doesn't just take his people back to their original condition. You know, I'm so grateful for that. When God restores, uh, he takes us not to what we were, but to what we will be, right? He takes us to better than new, better than the original. God's restoration always takes us beyond what we started with. Then when I think of, think, Laura, I'm thinking back as you read that to some times where I've gotten, I've allowed myself to get off track, you know, priorities, things got busy. In fact, you know, I got busy with ministry. Mm-hmm. ministry got busy and just kind of ministry is different than that personal relationship with with God I started to shift away from what God's design was for me and so restoring my temple meant I needed to restore back to the boundaries that God had originally put in place for me in terms of how I managed my schedule my time throughout the week um, and I found that as I went back and I went back to the basics went back to the original boundaries God gave me the finished product was a lot better than when I started. Mm, you yes. Know, there yes, was a lot yes. more peace. I, I was a nicer wife, you know, I was yeah, a better, yeah, yeah. better mother. He was, he was restoring me, but God was doing the same thing with his yeah. people. He was restoring his people. And it, it really is an inspiration. Like if you start to feel kind of uh, casual about your walk with the Lord, go back and look at some bad Kings and yeah. just re- remember what happens when right. the word of the Lord gets lost in the house of the Lord, Yep. not to let those things uh, take preeminence uh, over what's really important. And you're like, God, no more, no, not yes. in my life, you know, yes. not in my family's life. We're going to go back to the basics and, and keep you in the center of how we operate as a family, how I operate as a person. That's right. So God was restoring his people. And when the king heard the word of the Lord, we already talked about the fact he tore his robes, but they, he was mourning and grieving over how far God's people 
had gone. And so he brought all of the people together and they did something beautiful that God's people do. And, and we do in, in a sense too, right? He renewed the covenant. He brought the people back and said, we're going to follow God. We're going to follow his ways. We're going to renew our covenant. And it's kind of like us coming back to the Lord saying, I've, I've fallen off course. I'm kind of recommitting my life to you. I want to get back on track with you, Lord. And so they renewed the covenant, but look what they did. And I love the fact that God's word just has so many details. Each one of these things can be us, right? Can mark us. Verse 24 of um, chapter 22 says, Furthermore, Josiah got rid of the mediums and spiritists, the household gods, the idols, and all the other detestable things seen in Judah and Jerusalem. These are all of the things that had taken the place that belonged to the word. He took them all down. I mean, yep. he, you know, it's these family idols, they had these tiny little household gods and they were, they would hide them in walls and they would hide them in places in their, in their homes and they would even carry them in their pockets. Yep. You know, it's like, I, I almost like I'm putting my trust in these little gods. Um, and it's like a security blanket. Right. And, and not everybody knew that they were there, but God knew yep. anything that you shift your confidence Anything that you shift looking for your needs to be met, um, other than God, because it's an idol. It could be a person, it could be your bank account, it could be a skill that you have. Anything that your confidence has moved away from God and his word, the authority of scripture, to something or somebody else, that's an idol. And we can, we you know, in the church, we can hide that stuff in our pocket pretty easily, mm-hmm. but it, there's a, God sees it and he doesn't protect that person he doesn't reward that person we wonder where is god right now he says we need to clean out everything that is not of him even the household gods what in your house whether it's your tv yeah right whether it's your scrolling what is it that has become more important than your relationship with god yeah it's amazing and really when we when we just look at all of Josiah's story and all of Israel's story, and we bring it back to us, Debbie. I mean, we are right there with them. And this is very challenging to me because these things, now the the idols and all that, truly God had said, uh, you know, don't have any false gods before me. But the things I think that we uh, end up bringing in that push away the word of God from the center are things sometimes that just look good. Like they're not bad things, but we still allow them to take the place of preeminence in our lives. And when that happens, it's a slippery slope that takes place small step after small step where all of a sudden the the word is not in the position where it is intended to be. And once that is off, just like we see here, the people went downhill and had to come to that place of repentance before things could be restored. Now, as we wrap up today, one of the amazing things is that God you know, he uses it all, right? He doesn't waste anything, even our wandering, even our ways that are not pleasing to him. Josiah turned, or really Josiah finding the law of the Lord turned the people's hearts back to God. They had a leader who turned them back to God, which is awesome. But it's not just about the story of the people of God, right? It's also the story about a man. It's the story about Josiah. It's a story about you and me. And the Bible says in verse 25 of chapter 22, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did. Look, he found the word of the Lord and he turned to the Lord in such a powerful way. With all his heart, 
and all his soul and all his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. I love that because, you know, Deuteronomy 6 is the Shema. It's what the Hebrew people would read, what the Jewish people read, that we will love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. He found the book of the law of the Lord. He found Deuteronomy most likely. And here the word says in 2 Kings that Josiah was a man who truly practiced the Shema. He loved the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And why did that deep love come? Because he restored the word back to its place of prominence. The end result of keeping the word in the center, keeping everything in balance, of hearing the word and obeying it, led Josiah to a deeper love for the Lord. And hearing the word of the Lord for us, being active, obedient hearers and listeners, leads us to become women who love him, love his word with all of our heart, soul and strength and laura as we wrap up next week in this month of podcasts we're going to be focusing on going back to the beginning the very beginning in the garden of eden i think sometimes we have uh, as a personally and as a culture we have stepped so far away that we forget god what was your original design Mm-hmm. And so, and so we need to go back to the word, back to Genesis and next week's podcast, we'll look back at what was God's heart in his creation? What was his design? What was his plan for our purpose, for our identity, uh, for our relationships? Um, again, we go back to the word of God. And so it, this, that will wrap up our month of going back to the basics, back to the beginning. Um, but this has been, I love just digging into some of these Old Testament um, heroes, right? Heroes yep, who each yep. have their own story. So we're going to go back even further, back to the original, the original story back in Genesis <laughs> next week. But That's it's right. been a great series and uh, just fun dialoguing, of course, with you and our special guests. Um, if you have been encouraged and challenged by this word in particular, because this is not a, um, this was not a cushy podcast. This was a very challenging one. We really encourage you to go back into the scriptures back into second Kings and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. God, do I have any idols? Do I have anything, any treasures that are not your word that have been vying for that center position of my heart? You know, let him, let him speak to you directly. That's the beauty of the the word. It's not just, um, you got to take, take our lessons and apply it to yourself. Let the Holy Spirit challenge you yourself. Yep. So from, from Debbie Kiever and from Laura Prano, we just want to say thank you for hanging with us today and uh, looking at King Josiah. We encourage you to share this with your friends. We look forward to being back with you again next week. Um, so we appreciate the podcast community that's growing. Each one of you is a part, and we just can't tell you enough how much we love and appreciate, and we pray for you guys. So until next week, we're signing off and saying God bless you and thanks for being here. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.